Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, you know, we'll have a few more guys with us in Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I think that always helps. But, uh, you know, there's always going to be stuff to work on. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to getting back to work. What can you take away from the drive where 10 plays, 67 yards? You guys were able to move it a little bit there tonight. Yeah, Irv did a great job uh, separating versus man coverage. Um, you know, we did a good job running the football that drive, I thought, as well. And um, kind of all runs together right now. But, uh, you know, to get down there and uh, move the football that we did was real positive. I love generic Kirk quotes. Me too. Just the CEO quarterback. God. All right, this is uh, Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. Mackie Judd, executive producer, Declan Goff, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And uh, we got a lot of stuff on the docket today. I've, I, I lament something that happened over the weekend that I think the Vikings should have been aggressive on. We also have our pie chart of blame for an 0-3 preseason, silver linings, and Surly, you must be furious. And uh, thanks to those of you who are watching us on a TCL TV as well, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel. One of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. New lineup of TVs you can check out. Delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. All right, now that the preseason is in the rear, just before we get to my uh, thing that I lament here, are you guys ready for the regular season finally? Yes. Eight long months, and now we can finally see the starting line. Real football games, and and the thing, too, is... I don't know if I've ever been this intrigued about a Vikings season going because like it's not going to be boring. I think that's a given, right? And I think the team should be good, but there's a lot of stuff that's sort of gone wrong. <laughs> I think this might be the most intrigued I am just to start to see if assumptions that I'm making, good and bad, are even close to being correct. Yeah. No, I mean it is and as as Kirk said, hey, we should have some guys back against Cincinnati. Yeah, like it's so hard to gauge the offense without Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Um, and we'll find out more about Irv Smith. That might even happen today while we're doing this. 
to see if he's electing to uh, do the short-term or the long-term recovery surgery. But since this is Pie Chart Monday on Mackie and Judd, I actually have a different type of pie chart for you guys before we get to our pie chart of blame. I've got the pie chart of reasons why I think the Vikings should have traded for Gardner Minshew this weekend. Okay. Sixth-round pick was sent from Philadelphia to Jacksonville. It could turn into a fifth-round pick. It's a conditional fifth based on, like, if he starts 50%, if he if he plays, like, 50% of the snaps in three games or something. Basically, if he starts a chunk of games, it can be a fifth-round pick. So... Um, my first slice of pie, reasons why the Vikings should have traded for Gardner Minshew. I'm going to give 50% of it to Kellen Mond being protected and Jake Browning being terrible, all in one slice. Hmm. It's Browning just should not be the first line of defense behind Kirk Cousins. There's really no reason to, like if Kirk goes down for a couple games, uh, skittish Jake Browning would not make anyone feel comfortable I think Kellen Mond is best to just sit for the year. I don't think you want to rush him into action. And so they need, like we've talked about this, they need someone who can come in, be a veteran. You're looking around trying to figure out what it's going to cost to trade for someone, a six-round pick or a fifth-round pick for a Gardner Minshew, a guy who started chunks of two seasons. Um, 50% of it, it just makes sense to bring someone in who can slot between Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. If you guys have thoughts on that, I, I'd like to know if the Vikings made, if Rick made the call, at least because that would be so. Minshew would be a starting point for a guy that the Vikings one thousand percent should explore. Explore. So if the price tag is too big, that's fine. But I mean, th- this comes back to what Dex was talking about quite a bit last week, and it gets shot down. Of the Vikings aren't going to go get Drew Lock. What are you? What are you guys talking about? Okay, but are you exploring it? Because, again, that's a guy who, if Cousins can't play because he's forced into quarantine or he gets sick or he gets hurt, uh, you at least would feel like, okay, if he has to play for, let's say, two or three games, you don't feel lost. Um, tell me that you that anything you saw in preseason practice games from Jake Browning didn't make you think, oh, my God, if that guy has to really play, um, I don't care how well your, your defense plays, you're sunk. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. I thought if you would have asked me if Gardner Minshew gets traded right before the season starts, what's he going to go for? I would I would have said something more than a six round pick. I mean, yeah. he's not. I think people probably uh, have too fond of memories of the way that he played in 2019 because he was featured on ESPN and he was you know playing catch with Uncle Rico and like he became this fun like mainstream character. He wasn't that good of a quarterback, but he's better than Jake Browning by Rock knows how you feel about pie. A hundred miles. Um twenty percent of my Gardner Minshew regret pie is because honestly he just adds a fun personality dynamic to a team that has a lot of I mean there's not a lot of great personalities on this team, right? Like he parties, he has a sweet mullet. A party. He's got a stash. He looks like Uncle Rico. He would add a fun element to this team. Uh, and then my final slice of Gardner Minshew pie here, 30% why they should have traded for Gardner Minshew because the Vikings 2022 quarterback situation is very much up in the air. And I, th- I think the Vikings are either going to extend or trade Kirk Cousins after the season's over. And I would lean like 60 to 70% trade, 20 to 30%, 30, 40%. Um, 
keep him in some form. I just think like with that cap hit and with how much Kirk tries to squeeze every dollar, I, my guess is they're going to move on. Uh, so if they wind up trading Cousins, you could go into 2022 with Gardner Minshew under contract for another. He's got two years up in his deal, 2021-22, less than a million dollars a year. Kellen Mond, a million dollars a year. You'd have two quarterbacks fighting for a starting job that combine to make $2 million to the salary cap for 2022, and then you yep. can sort of figure it out long-term. Like, just having options going forward, and it and it feels like the Vikings are are missing out on opportunities to do that with their backup quarterbacks. So that's yep. my pie chart of Gardner Minshew trade lament here on Purple Daily. And you know what? At this point, I guess I am willing to give Spielman an incomplete grade because now that the market for backup quarterbacks has been set, I guess my question is, okay, you didn't get Minshew. Do you go out and get one? Uh, but there's no way that as the Vikings had conversations about their final roster and the cuts will be made to 53 by 3 p.m. on Tuesday, there is no way on God's green earth that they said, backup quarterback, I think we're okay. And if anybody said, I think Kellen can do it, you're crazy. So, so the Minshew thing I see, Phil, as a lost opportunity but it also sets a market to say you don't exactly have to mortgage the future to get, I think, what you would consider to be a very serviceable backup quarterback. Yeah. Dex, are you in or out on Minshew? I, I Am would, I crazy here? No, I would have been in on Minshew for a sixth-round pick, absolutely. Um, he, at the very least, could step in and make a start. It's the kind of sim- same argument I made for Drew Locke last weekend. Um, he's started a handful of games. He is a capable backup. It, and I know that sixth-round pick can conditionally turn into a fifth-round pick. And honestly, just look at what Philadelphia is doing. Jalen Hurts is their guy, is their quote-unquote guy. They brought in Joe Flacco, a guy who's made a ton of starts, obviously over the hill, but still a, a, a decent quarterback. And now they're also insulating Gardner Minshew. They're literally saying, hey, if Jalen Hurts, who might be the guy, isn't the guy, we have two, not one, two legitimate backup plans for guys to step in and possibly hold the fort down while we figure out our quarterback situation long-term. Like, honestly, applauding, applaud the Eagles for literally saying, ah, Jalen Hurts might not be the dude, but we have two literally awesome insurance policies behind him. I think that was really smart of Philadelphia to do. I think, I think so many people have, like, well, Kirk never misses a game, and Kirk is the starting quarterback. It's like, there's an extra game this season. You can't just say because he's never missed a game before that he's not going to miss a game. He's more likely to miss a game now than ever. Uh, so I'm just, I don't know, I would just hate to see the Vikings have to punt on three games because they don't have someone who's played quarterback in the NFL before when a sixth-round pick was the going rate for that guy. So back to the Drew Locke topic, too. I think it makes more sense now than ever that he gets moved, and here's why. Um, naming Teddy the starter in Denver is a vote of, we don't think you're that good. Like, you flat out, like, I mean, Teddy ain't exactly... Uh, Marino in his prime or Brady, right? So, like, you just lost out. And by the way, he's more Locke, Montana in his yeah, prime. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locke's got it's, a it's good arm. Locke, Steve Young. And you just gave and you just gave him a vote of no confidence. So, like, if I'm Drew Locke and the Broncos, I'm probably saying, you know, you know, this isn't going to work out well. Uh, the Minshew compensation to me sets the parameters that the draft pick, the Vikings, might have to trade to get a guy like Locke would be higher than a sixth or possibly a fifth. But it might be a fourth. It might not be as high as we talked about last week. Because if we had talked about Minshew last week, I would have said that's probably a fourth, maybe a third, but a fourth for sure. And it might just be a sixth. 
And if you're Locke, would you prefer to be in Denver where they just completely said, you know what, you're not as good as this weak-armed guy whose knee blew up? Or here, where there's a very good chance that Kirk Cousins won't be around in 2022, and you might have a legitimate chance to at least vie for a job in front of some fresh eyes. So, like that, to, to me, the lock conversation now makes more sense on Monday than it did on Thursday. Yeah, no, I think, and, and he handled it well at that press conference. Yep. But I, I think if you were to get him alone and off the record, he'd say, "Yeah, I feel like I'm getting screwed here. Like they drafted me in the second round, but." There's also some red flags. Why aren't they going with him? Right? They've had him. They've had their eyes on him. Different, couple different regimes here, but like they've had their eyes on him for three years, three right. camps. Why is he not getting? So there's red flags, but we're not talking about him as a franchise saving starter. Right. We're talking about him as a guy who started NFL games before as a yeah. backup that can just strengthen the position. So, um, you know, if, if bad quarterback play can lead to coaches being on the hot seat. And what we recommend for coaches on the hot seat. A cool pair of chill boys, mm. the oh, most yeah. comfortable underwear, boxer briefs that we have ever taken into our lives. I've gotten rid of all of the other pairs of underwear and boxer briefs in my collection. I am only a chill boys man right now, guys. You marry chill boys. You finally made the commitment that is so tough, right? Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing these boxers, and then I'm seeing those boxers, and chill boys came along, and it stole your heart or something else, but the comfort. Is that high? Yeah, I like ch- it. Chill Boys, it's a Minnesota based company and they're passionate about one thing our comfort. Get yours at chillboys.com. Tell them that we sent you at Purple Daily. Also, before we get to this pie chart of blame for an 0 3 preseason, check out the Vikings scratch games uh, that the Minnesota Lottery is presenting. There's a $5 scratch game that can get you up to $100,000. And uh, a $2 skull game that can win you up to $15,000 plus great second champ prizes like Vikings tickets and merchandise. So uh, just say I'm in to Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. You like that? You like that? All right. It's Pie Chart Monday here. Boys, this is the last preseason tune-up edition of the pie chart of blame slash praise so the rock knows how you feel about pie Jeb, we'll start with you your pie chart of blame for a vikings 0-3 preseason okay first of all and i i'm starting my starting point is going off uh, the chiefs game on fr- friday night but this also is going to expand out to be the entire preseason and a pie chart of the expectations obviously and the concerns potentially going into the regular season opener at cincinnati Pie chart of blame, 30%. My biggest chunk of pie goes to Clint Kubiak's play calling and the first-team offense, of which I have far more concerns about the former than the latter. Wow. Um, Especially, and here's, so so this is micro, but I fear it might be macro. Especially that first drive by the first team where the offense – moved down the field, matriculated down the field very quickly after the Chiefs had scored a touchdown. And looked pretty damn good. I love the word matric- matriculated. Matriculated is a, is a good one. It's a Matri- great football. They matriculated football. down the field. They got to the Chiefs' eight. And then they stalled. And they stalled in part because the play calling became terrible. Um, they got one yard on three plays. And the one yard came on a... Amir Abdullah, if I'm not mistaken, run. The other two were Kirk Cousins' passes that were broken up. Both of them 
short of the end zone from the eight-yard line. You never took a shot. This concern, okay, it's a preseason game. I'm not trying to say I'm concerned that you didn't score a touchdown against the Chiefs in a meaningless game. But I am saying, is this foreshadowing? Because the play calling was like, I've seen this before. But it was also, in my opinion, not acceptable for 2021 and what this team is expected to do. So why wouldn't you take a shot? Why did you get so conservative? And that, to me, is the biggest concern as Clint Kubiak embarks on his first year calling play. Uh, okay, a couple things off that, because I, I also, I, I, I was tweeting about this during the game, too. I didn't love some of the situational play calling either, but now I realize I'm complaining about situational play calling in the third preseason game, so I need to relax a little bit. Um, I don't like the conservative play calling on second and long second and short, and first and goal just inside the 10. The Vikings hand off more than almost any team in those situations. And um, the handoff, I think you're talking about, it was like first and goal from the 9, and they hand the ball off to Amir Abdullah, and he falls forward for a yard or two. Yes, sir. You might as well just, like, I guess positive that you didn't get sacked and pushed back to the 14 on that play, but, like, if you're looking to just light a play on fire in the red zone... Handing the ball off to Amir Abdullah on first and goal from the nine. What's the upside? How how many times is he running that ball into the end zone or like inside the three? Very rarely, right? So it just feels like a wasted play to me. But it's and I wouldn't complain about it if it wasn't a theme throughout the Mike Zimmer era of like conservative offensive play calling. Where I will come to Clint Kubiak's defense and maybe even Kirk Cousins here is when instead of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, who's one of the great red zone receivers in the NFL, instead of those guys running some of those routes inside the 10-yard line when it's all condensed, you've got Chad Beebe trying to get separation, you're kind of screwed. Like if Adam Thielen is running the same route as Chad Beebe, it might be the difference between an incomplete pass and a touchdown. But why is that? But why is the ball at least once not going into the end zone? Guys are probably covered because it's second stringers. Like, who's getting separation right now? Irv well, Smith, Irv, Irv Irv Smith was on that drive. He was yeah, on that drive. And Irv Smith looked great. And if that had, had been me, and I don't think at that point that Irv was hurt with the knee problem, go to him. It's honestly like I hear, I hear you and I like agree with most of your for. sentiment. But, like, until they play the – if this stuff happens in week one against the Bengals, then it's a red flag. Right now it's like – little bit of an eyebrow raiser. Why are you well, – what is this, this sort of weird play calling? But Yeah, it's just weird. All right, 20% of my pie chart of blame goes to Rick Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer for, again, running Jake Browning out there to show that he can't be the backup quarterback for the Vikings. Jake Browning statistically two of eight for 41 yards in, in I believe, what was basically a brief uh, time on the field. And my question is this. What are we looking for now? Like, were you saying, okay, he looked terrible against the Broncos, and he might have looked worse against the Colts, but let's cross our fingers and see, like, at some point in time, it's the de- the definition of insanity, which is repeating the same mistake over and over and over and banging your head into a wall. Um, Jake Browning's not going to work. We know that. And so 20% goes to guys trying to get a final look at a guy that if you had come to me after the Colts game, I would have said, don't bother like, this is not working. I'd, I would rather get Kellen Mond the rest of the reps just to help him out. I mean, two of eight. Those pa- Where were those passes going? I saw one. It was and, rough. And 
I saw a tweet, and it's accurate. It, it said, "Is this Josh Freeman?" <laughs> it was rough. So yeah, like, he's Zimmer used the word skittish. I think after the second preseason game, and yeah, he definitely he definitely looks skittish. All right, ten percent. I'm getting down to nitty gritty of the pie chart here, boys. Ten percent goes to the old man sitting on his ranch in Houston, Gary Kubiak. Are you really going to leave your kid like this? Like, this is your flesh and blood. Clint is, right? He's your kid. He's been on your coaching staff. I I think you love him because you're his father, and you're abandoning him now to go sit in retirement while he tries to call plays for this potential train wreck? What are you doing? Why did you retire? And by the way, just come back as an advisor again. You're you overreacting know, big time. Help him out. This is ridiculous. Help him out. Dude, help your kid they out. didn't play Jefferson, Thielen, or Cook. No, You're overreacting no, so much I'm, right now. But I'm telling you, it's what I'm seeing. It's what I'm seeing. Yeah, and, you, and who Gary, didn't you see? I didn't say who didn't you Clint. see? Jefferson, say, Thielen, But I'm Cook. talking about the entire training camp. I'm talking about all the preseason games and training camp practices. We talk and, about practice? And, we talk and about practice? I'm not saying Gary should come back and replace his son. His son can have the job. What I'm saying is Gary was there for <laughs> Stefanski. Let's get Gary there for his kid. He can advise him. He can sit up in the booth. Clint can be down but below calling plays, and at least you'll have a cohesiveness there. I think he's probably advising him during the week, right? I mean, they probably talk about football when they talk. I'm I guessing. know, but it's the big Kubiaks. Between what else would the Kubiaks the be talking about? And having him in your headset to help you out. Stefanski had that. That was huge for him. It was important. <laughs> I know, but what you're, but like here, but where you're coming from, it's it's weird because. I also feel like there's a weird vibe with this team, and I also don't like some of the things I've seen offensively independent of the Stars not playing. But you've taken that, and you've gone so far down the path of like, oh, my God, they're going to – like they're not going to score a touchdown until November. I don't November. trust anybody here. I don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust the coach because <laughs> he's gone not too far. guy, and I don't trust the coordinator. Who am I supposed to trust? The quarterback's coach? I think this level of angst, if you were to have dropped me into Purple Daily, if if you were to have dropped me into Purple Daily and, and like, I am now listening to this Judd rant and you would have asked me, okay, uh, like, what time of the football calendar is this rant taking place? Yeah, I would have you know said, what? oh, like, probably mid-October and they started one and five you again and Judd's Purple. ready to fire everyone. And, and instead, it's the third preseason game. Purple Daily <laughs> takes pride in being ahead of the curve. I'm getting ahead of the curve and I'm not going to stop there. 10% Rick Dennison for not getting vaccinated and now not being on the staff to also be a mentor. Nobody's left. Everybody's 12 years old. You got Kirk Zim and a bunch of 12-year-olds. Rick Dennison, no matter what you thought, was a stabilizing force that Zimmer trusted. And because he didn't get vaxxed, he can't be there. He's on like uh, some Star Trek Zoom call every day or something. Checking in from my house. Vikings offensive log nice. number 8181. What do you guys need? <laughs> hey, we suck. We need help. 10%. Rick Dude, you are on one today, man. 10? You are okay. on one today. I got three more 10%. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. On the what are we 10 doing, minutes? Not on, not on the offense. Dude. <laughs> not on the offense. Let me get done. 10%. Bashad Breeland getting just absolutely schooled by Tyreek Hill on that 35-yard touchdown. My God. And then Zimmer sold him out. He was at, Zimmer was asked, was there supposed to be safety help? You know, hey, hey, tell us what really happened. No, he just got beat. And Bashad Breeland played with Tyreek Hill. He knew how fast he was. I hope it improves. I like Breeland against the Colts. Hopefully I mean, what is it, it, I, that play? I mean, I... 
I don't know what else you're supposed to do as a cornerback. Like force him in, force him inside to the okay. safety. He got beat outside. Well, what happens then? Okay, so he gets forced, and then, but then he just him. beats the safety too. To force him? No, but the safe. But but you've got to get a bump there at some point in time too. Like it was a free release to the outside. I feel like Tyreek Hill gets free releases on pretty much everybody. He might, but I'd like to see a former teammate actually have the technique. His technique was. I mean, Zim and I can tell you about this, but Rashad Breland's <laughs> technique not right. All right, oh, not done yet. Ten percent. Greg Joseph for not being able to make a field goal of 50 yards or more and the realization that, okay, if this is this your kicker, and Phil and I talked about this on Saturday, if if this is your kicker, when it's fourth down, you got to go for it if it's going to be like a 52-yard field goal. I feel like this is like 40 years of Judd watching Vikings football and all of the frustration coming out in this Preseason oh, pie chart. Right I am now. everything I, I am that has ever bothered Judd in Vikings history is coming out right now. I am alerting the authorities to the problems that exist. Okay, final one, ten percent. Several starters didn't play. Okay, I didn't. Oh, that's ten percent. That. I did include that. Several starters okay. didn't play. All right, Greg Joseph. Though seriously, Mike, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. If it's fourth and three from like the thirty-seven, go for it. Go for I it. agree on that for sure. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Wow. Wow. Um, so uh, that splash of positivity from Judd was presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Listen, uh, if you're a business owner and you see as much risk on the horizon as Judd does for the Vikings, you might want to call our friends at Federated, all right? Federated's been around for over 100 years. They're one of us. They are also masochistic Minnesota sports fans, and they provide risk management tools and resources for business owners. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. I'm actually going to – I think Judd covered so much ground there. I'm gonna, I got three slices of pie. I'm going to fly through two of them. 10%, Jake Browning's not very good. That's a huge reason why they're 0-3 in the preseason. 40%, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen either didn't or barely played in those three games, and those are three of the best skill position players in the NFL. It changes everything. Separation, like, it changes everything. But 50%, why did the Vikings finish 0-3, and why are they not looking better when their starters aren't on the field? 50% of my pie chatter blame goes to Rick Spielman and company for drafting 38 players over the last three years, and the Vikings still have, apparently, massive depth issues to where the coach is panicking at every press conference. Um, So is it that they're whiffing on picks? Is it that they're unable to properly develop some of these picks? You're not going to hit on all 38. Can you hit on 10? Can, 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 Can 14 of them provide something in the way of competitive football in, in a preseason game? Um, it just feels weird that you would go through the trouble of accumulating and stockpiling 38 draft picks over three years. Over three years. You start with seven. So you so they started with 21 draft picks, and they almost doubled that total, and they still have depth issues, and that's bizarre to me. So true. 50% to Rick Spielman and lack of coaching and development. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give my four pieces of pie here as well. Uh Quickly, 10% to just playing the best offense and best quarterback in the NFL. Pat Mahomes carved you up in two drives. Wasn't even close. He had a perfect passer rating. He, like I said, beat Chris Boyd pretty badly. Uh, you were playing the best offense in the world. So I will give a little bit of blame for that. 10% of my pie goes there. 
20% to no immediate planet backup quarterback. Uh, Jake Browning is clearly not it. Kellen Mond is going to take a while. Uh, there's no immediate plan here. I'm blaming 20% of uh, that loss and the chunk of the preseason on no immediate planet backup quarterback. 30% for not finding and developing legitimate cornerbacks. To Phil's point, 38 draft picks over the last three drafts, and you have either whiffed on cornerbacks, misevaluated on cornerbacks, put so much capital in that position, and whether there's been legal issues or things off the field that have hindered you with that, you have not developed a legitimate starting cornerback in probably since Xavier Rhodes. And Rhodes left you after, what, after 2018, 2019, and he has now turned his career around a little bit in Indianapolis. You have not found a legitimate cornerback that you have developed recently, so I'm putting some blame on that as well. And then final percent, 40%, the biggest chunk of my pie, going to the direction of this team. I have no idea, for better or worse, for better or worse, where this 2021 season is going to head. And it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating from a from a executive production standpoint. I'm excited because no matter what, it's going to be entertaining. But 40% of my pie after this kind of, I will say, disastrous, not just preseason, but training camp as a whole, uh, to the direction of the team in the regular season. So to recap, 10% to playing the Chiefs, 20% to no immediate plan at backup quarterback, 30% for not finding and developing legitimate cornerbacks, and 40% to the direction of the Minnesota Vikings going forward. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. And there it is, the pie chart of blame for an 0-3 preseason here on Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Um, okay, so this might be really hard. For Judd, but we're going to start with Judd. When we do the pie chart of blame after Vikings losses during the regular season, we also do silver linings, things that are positive takeaways we can take away, even if the game was a disaster. So, uh, Judd, your main silver lining from the Vikings 0-3 preseason. It was going to be very clear. It was going to be until uh, our buddy Tom Pelissero's report last night, Irv Smith Jr., who had a great training camp, who I absolutely thought was uh, potentially sitting on a huge year. And look, I don't know if the surgery is not as severe as, as they think it might be. He might be back, which would be awesome, uh, because I think he'll be a key part of the team. But what we saw on Friday really did show the emphasis that this team was willing to put on the tight end and Irv Smith Jr. in particular. Um, I hope he misses three games and comes back, because I really believe that as good as Jefferson is, as good as Thielen is, and as good as Cook is, that Irv Smith was sort of the the fourth piece of that stew, potentially, and a guy that Kirk was going to feel far more comfortable throwing two guys than he did Rudolph. Like, we, you know, we could talk all we want about Rudy. Rudy's a great guy. I love Rudy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I don't think that – I don't know that Kirk ever consistently felt comfortable throwing to, to him as he has some of the top tight ends that he's had throughout his career going back to Washington. Um, I felt a seismic shift in confidence when it came to a pass-catching tight end with Irv. So my silver lining is Irv, and I guess now the hope that he doesn't miss much time and and will be a very important part of this offense um, by about week five or so. So your silver lining is a guy that's out for the season. But, dude, I mean, look at what he played on Friday. He did play well, but But, he's out for the season probably. But but he might not be. He probably is. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. I'm being positive. I'm a people um, person, damn it. <laughs> Why can't you people see that? Why can't you people see that? You um, jump to conclusions. You get it? Jump to conclusions. It's a jump to conclusions, Matt. It's got different conclusions that you can jump to. Um, my silver lining, I've got, I actually have two of them. 
So um, I think the Vikings have, I'm not going to say great yet, but I'm going to say the Vikings have some promising depth at wide receiver behind Jefferson and Thielen in Smith-Marset. D.D. Westbrook, too, who we have we've barely seen and talked about, but D.D. Westbrook should be in the mix at some point. Um, and K.J. Osborne. I just think there's a lot of interesting mm. kick and punt return mm. things going on and some explosiveness with Smith-Marset. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a... I guess we'll see how the roster shakes out, how many receivers they keep. But I think they've got some interesting things brewing there at wide receiver. And then, honestly, I think I think Ole Udo is going to be fine. I think I think like the silver lining for me is Ole Udo will be considerably better than Dakota Dozier was <laughs> at right guard. I don't think he's going to be a pro bowler right off the bat, but I think they have found a suitable, credible replacement for Dakota Dozier. And I think if that's the case, it's a huge silver lining, and it helps plug maybe the biggest hole on offense from last season. Stella the dog might be an improvement on Dakota Dozier. <laughs> like, I could call her in right now, and we go through some pass pro technique, and it might be more impressive. Sometimes it looked like, you know, Dakota Dozier had, you know, lack of opposable thumbs or something. I don't know. Uh, Dex, what's your silver lining from an 0-3 preseason? That the preseason is over. My silver lining is that the preseason is over and we can stop. I can stop. Sorry. I can stop overreacting to things that don't have to uh, be cause for concern. And now Am we can I the focus only one on the that's not overreact? I, have, I feel like I have a proper amount of mm-hmm. skepticism about some things, but I'm the only one that hasn't lost my mind yet on this show, it feels like. I think you Declan, guys have both like blown gaskets after no, three preseason. Games. I think Declan is the most negative about the overall team. My expectations which remain extremely high, which is why I believe that it's important when it comes to the details that that I see that I don't like to point them out. Like I have huge expectations here. I'm not going to just temper them all. Like it feels sort of weird going in, and there's been some bad things, and I get that. Um, but that's what I'm saying is there's no. There's no time, in my opinion, for, for well, the offense is going to find its footing in week four, Judge. Just calm down. That's not this season, boys. This season's all about hitting the ground running. Kirk Cousins has been here a long time. Thielen and Jefferson are really, really good. Dalvin Cook is really good. And if you're like, well, there's just a couple uh, flies in the ointment here that'll work themselves out, I don't have time for that. This is a division. I want this team to win a division. So I'm not – I'm. I'm panicked only because my expectations are so high. I feel like Declan, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dex, I feel like you are just more sour on, like, I don't think this is going to work that well. That is correct. So Declan's silver lining is that the preseason's over, and Judd's is that Irv Smith might not be out for the year. Yeah, if he comes back, he's important. Hey, I I am not going to downplay what I saw on Friday. From him before he got hurt, or or I don't know what what took place, um, but I'm telling you that is what we saw Friday is what this offense wants to do with its tight end, not what they tried to do with Kyle. Yeah, I uh, I mean we'll see what happens with Irv. I I think the prudent thing is for him to just get the long term surgery so that he's back and ready for next year. But uh, there's a lot of pressure to win this season. I, I shudder to even get to our next segment here because I feel like we already did it. But uh, every Monday, we turn it over to Judd for a little segment called Surly, You Must Be Furious. There it is. If mm-hmm. you're watching, mm-hmm. you can see it. 
the Surly Furious IPA, my personal favorite. All of the beers from Surly are fantastic, but Surly Furious, it fits my personality and it fits my tastes. And it should fit yours, too. So here's the great point. If the Vikings drive you crazy, drink responsibly, but a few Surly Furiouses takes the edge off. If you want to celebrate a big Vikings win, once again, Surly Furious is your beer. Here's why. I've always said this about life, boys. You do enough settling in life. Crack open a Surly Furious and enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get Surly. And here's why. I am furious. You're telling me. You're honestly telling me, Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, that you are going to start opening day with your quarterback, who we know is skittish in the pocket at times, not great at feeling pressure, with Rashad Hill as seemingly the answer for weeks, if not months, at left tackle, and that there is no backup plan that could could have been put in place when Christian Derrissaw had surgery in January, and I get back then, they're like, it's going to be fine, he'll come back. But then it didn't, it didn't go fine. Something went wrong, and you still are putting Rashad Hill. And by the way, I am not blaming Rashad Hill. I think he's good as a backup, and I think he's a good teammate, and I think he, he deserves a place on the roster. But one of the most important positions in sports is the guy that protects the quarterback's blind side. And I would say it's even more important when that blind side is Kirk Cousins' backside. And Rashad Hill against a litany that we ran through, and let's say he has to play the first four games, gentlemen. Rashad Hill is going to go up against some pretty damn good pass rushers. And you're telling me it's going to be fine. It's going to work. It's absolutely. And we're talking about a guy in Cousins who has a fumbling history and 1,000% has a history of not even being able to shovel in or, yeah, shuffle, I'm sorry, in the pocket. So it strikes me as being. Well, what were they supposed to do? Maddening that you didn't have. I would have gone out and and I would have tried to sign a guy like Russell Okun in the when I knew and you knew this in the summertime that Darius's injury was not responding because remember he never practiced in training camp, so it's not like they got a weekend and they're like oh my god he can't practice now, and the goal for him was to be the starting left tackle opening day which I appreciate, but you don't have a backup plan and now if you had if Kellen Mond was and he's not but if he started I might be like okay. Kellen Mond, he can scramble. He's going to be okay. It won't be perfect, but he's – but Kirk Cousins, one of – I mean, his kryptonite is backside pressure. And you're but, taking... I, but, but I think – I mean, this is one that I just have chalked up to. This is really bad luck. They thought the injury was taken care of when they drafted him. He steps foot on a field for the first time and realizes, oh, I still have some discomfort. Yep. And they've just like – it's just dragged on longer than anyone anticipated. Now they feel like he's going to be back early enough in the season. So um, could they have signed Okung? I guess I don't know. Maybe Russell Okung doesn't want to play for the Vikings. Jason Peters got got signed by, by the Bears. I'm not saying that these guys are perfect. They're veterans and they're old, but at least they can. they played the position enough that they can hold up there um, health provided again. The Darisaw thing that bothers me, though, is the fact that he came into training camp not prepared to play. I would get, I'd cut them way more slack if if you were two weeks in and he aggravated it, and you're like, we didn't, we didn't know. Um, but he wasn't. He wasn't. This was pre. This was basically a problem for weeks, 
And and the Vikings' confidence that it will just be fine, this guy will just step into me, is the arrogance that this franchise can have that derails it at times instead of saying, we got to do something here. And it's very odd because at different times they'll do, they'll make splash moves, which I well, appreciate. I will say um, Rashad Hill has looked questionable in the limited preseason time we've seen him. In 1,608 career NFL snaps, he's been about an average left tackle and pass blocker. I should say left and right tackle. He's been an average pass protector. Uh-huh. So he has not been the train wreck that I think um, we have seen at times in the preseason throughout his career. So it's possible that they just figured, listen, like we're not going to go out and get, we're not going to bring someone in when we only need someone for a month. That's probably what they're thinking. And, and Rashad right, Hill can hold work. up for a month. So. But don't forget, we, we were told a year ago, Daniil Hunter had a tweak and in October underwent surgery. So my point is it's too important a position to just say, hopefully it works. I have right. high aspirations. Again, I have high aspirations for this team. I'm pushing them. This is like I got a kid who's, who should be going to Harvard. And right now <laughs> it's like, but I, might, but I mean, this Juco school is pretty good, Dad. It's like, no, that's not how sports dad thinks. I want you to go to Harvard. Well, this was a hopefully a very therapeutic episode for Judd Zolgad here. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, Daily Vikings Entertainment for you guys. The regular season, we're counting down the days. And uh, don't forget, if you missed yesterday, we did sort of an emergency purple after dark on the Harrison Smith contract extension and the Irv Smith potential, potential season-ending injury that he suffered with that meniscus. So check that out. And... Uh, We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.